It is 7.48, and we got to get into the Word. Amen? Um, tonight, I'm teaching a message called uh, The Supernatural Girl. Um, tell, your, tell your girlfriend that you're sitting by that, that you're super. Tell your other girlfriend that you're super. Now tell yourself, but God makes me supernatural. Amen, amen. Before I get into the Word, I just have some facts I thought it would be fun to share with you. You know, scientists have actually proven that women have supernatural or superpowers. The scientists, world scientists say that women have superpowers. Scientifically proven. Y'all already hear some? Number one, women can spot out a cheater. A scientist in Australia did a test of 100 women and showed them a lineup of 10 men. Each woman was asked to point at the man that was the cheater. 76% of the women chose the one guy correctly. And it wasn't how, masculine, or it wasn't how handsome they were, but it was based on how masculine he looked. So the more masculine, I guess, I don't know. Do we have that gift? Can we, can we point him out? Did we think we could? And then we, okay, anyway. Um, how about in this superpower, according to scientists, women protect their baby with morning sickness. Scientists have proven that morning sickness is protection. There's something in your body that needs to come out, and that's why you're sick in the morning, because your body's trying to detoxify and get something out of, your, out, of your, out, of, out of you to protect the baby. Scientifically proven. Did y'all know that? I thought that if it was a boy, you're not sick, but if it's a girl, you're sick. That's what I thought. Amen? Okay, maybe that's just me. How about this one? Superpower. Scientifically proven. Stress makes women more empathetic. We work better in stressful conditions. You should be like, yes, we do. According to a 2014 study, um, a, a woman named Georgia Solani, the researcher, said that she found that when women are working under pressure and in stress, that they are more caring, that they're more, they show more sympathy, and they're more loving. Amen. Okay. <laughs> All right, here's another one. Women have stronger immune systems than men. That's scientifically proven. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's why we don't ever get sick. Praise God, right? We don't ever get sick, right? We're stronger. We have an extra X chromosome that just makes us more healthy. Praise the Lord. We're better, amen. Women can perceive color more than men, right? Have you ever tried to find a painting, like if you're going to paint a wall, and you pick some blues, and you're like, which blue do you like? And they're clearly different shades of blue. But he's like, what's the difference? That's why. They can't see. How about this? Women, scientifically proven, we have a more heightened sense of danger. Yeah. We know when something's not right. Amen. Last one. Of course, you all know this. Women have mastered the skill of multitasking. Amen. That is a superpower, right? Actually, they see that we are actually superior in that area, that men can't do it. They just cannot do two things at once. <laughs> But listen, we are naturally powerful women of God. We are naturally super. But when you mix the super with the natural, there's nothing that we cannot do. We as women of God cannot be stopped. And I'm really here to encourage those tonight that are doing all that, multitasking, maybe carrying a family, even maybe through a sickness, that you're trying to give your all and you're trying to serve the Lord and you're trying to take care of your family and you might feel weak. Let me tell you this truth. The word of God says that when you are weak, he is strong. And I want us to make sure that we know that supernaturally God gives us power to overcome any obstacle that may come our way. 
I want to absolutely encourage you. We need the superpower natural, I'm sorry, we need the supernatural power of God. So, so what is a supernatural power? It is, it, 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 it's God. God is supernatural. God is powerful. Our God is strong. Our God is mighty. I'll say that again. Our God is strong. We don't serve a weak God. We don't serve a, a passive God. We serve an aggressive, strong God. Can I get an amen? And we have power because he is all powerful. Psalm 62, 11 and 2 says this. Psalm 62, 11, and I'm sorry, 11 and 12 says, God has spoken once. Twice I've heard this. The power belongs to God. The power belongs to God. The reason why we have power is because it belongs to him, and he allows us to tap into it because of his son, Jesus Christ, who left us his Holy Spirit that gives us enabling power. The power belongs to God. In other words, God has the authority. He has the right. He has the dominion. He has the capability to do whatever he wants to do. That's why we can say that nothing is impossible, that God can do anything. Do you believe that? And do you know that God put that same power in you that you can actually do anything? I'm going to prove it in the word. Don't worry. If you're a Christian, you have supernatural power. And it's the power that enables us to live a sanctified or set-apart life. Do I have anybody living sanctified? Okay, let me make a complaint. So not churchy. Anybody not do what they used to do? Okay. That should be everybody. You're not the same. You're not the same person you were before you met Jesus. You're set, you're set apart. You've overcome the world. You are victorious over your flesh, and you have a step or a hand up on the enemy. You're able to produce fruit because God is the source of all power. Ephesians 6.10 says this, finally, my brethren, be strong in the power of his might. That's what I'm here to tell you, woman of God. Finally, be strong in the power of his might. So how does the supernatural power work? The supernatural power of God, how does it work? Do you know that before you were born again, that the spirit of God was with you? It was alongside you. It's that thing that you feel when you feel like there's a God. Anybody remember that before you knew Jesus? You felt that there was more. You felt that there was more to your life. You felt like there had to be something else, a higher power, an alien, something was out there, that there, there was more to life than this. It's that nudge. How about this? It's that person that keeps on coming in your life talking to you about Jesus. That weird lady, remember her? She wouldn't leave you alone, and she'd always talk to you about Jesus, and you just were polite and listened, but kind of walked away like she's crazy. God, the Spirit of God, will supernaturally send people into your life to tell you about Jesus. That happened to me when I was a, I believe, a sophomore in high school, um, or a freshman, I can't remember, but anyways, I tried up for the cheerleading team. Yes, praise the Lord. Actually, I tried up for everything. I didn't make it, but I always tried out for everything. I did. Basketball, volleyball, badminton, track. You know, I was running track. I, that's not funny, Pam, I was. <laughs> and the coach kept on telling me, the coach kept on wanting me to do the discus. And the shot put, I'm like, I don't want to do that. I want to do the hurdles. All right, anyway. So, so I was trying out for cheer. I was trying for cheer. And there was a certain girl on the cheer team. And she was a strong, she, she was a different girl. People knew that she was the church girl. And she really became my friend. And she was helping me with my cheer moves. And we were doing cheer stuff. And she invited me over to her house one day because it was the day before we were going to try out. She goes, come to my house. Let's practice all day. And I'll help you. And I'm like, great, because she had made the team the year before. So, yes, I must have been a sophomore. She had made it the year before. She was going to help me. I'm like, yes, let's do it. Let's practice. So we're practicing, practicing. And then we took a break. And then she looks at me and she goes, do you believe in the power of the Holy Spirit? 
And I said, I didn't know what that was. So I did what you all did. I lied. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. She goes, do you know right now that I can rebuke a demon and it will flee? We went from cheer to demons. And I was like, she says, in the name of Jesus, Satan, I rebuke you. Get out of here in Jesus' name. And this thing shot through my body. And I felt the power. Didn't know what it was, but I felt this power. And I'm like, my God, what, what is that? See, that was my first introduction to a tangible moving God. That God used this little girl with the cheer team to let me feel that God moves. And God is strong and that God can rebuke demons in Jesus' name. <laughs> I thought for sure I'll make the team. I rebuked a demon. I didn't make it. I went the next day and I looked at the list in front of everybody. Didn't see my name. Then I came back alone and read it slower. <laughs> anyway, praise the Lord. But God will use people to come into your life to tell you about Jesus and that woman of God did so long ago. So the supernatural power... God's power works with us. Then we get born again, and then we're filled with the Spirit of God. You know that, right? You are Holy Ghost filled when you are born again. That there is something, a gift, um, a paracletos, the one that walks alongside with us and in us, a power, enabling power, fills your temple. And there is a Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God lives in you. To be filled with the Spirit implies freedom for him to occupy every part of your life, to guide and control you. Yes, the Holy Spirit should be guiding and controlling you. Acts 1 and 8 says, but you shall receive power with, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Ephesians 5 and 18, the latter part says, be filled with the Spirit. And then God unites the Spirit with us. So God walks along with us. Then God comes inside of us through the Holy Spirit once you get saved. And then God's Spirit unites with our spirit. That's where we get 2 Timothy 1 and 7 where it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That's God's Spirit connected with your spirit. We're not fearful, women of God. He hasn't given us a spirit of fear. That fear that was naturally inside of us is now removed, and we tap into the God power that is a power, love, and a sound mind. And the spirit of God is not just in you, but it comes on you. You should have many refillings of the spirit of God. When you're worshiping God, you should feel the spirit of God. When you meet somebody and talk about his goodness, you should feel the spirit of God. You should feel, you should have goosebumps or chills or a shudder or a quickening. Something should happen where you feel the presence of God over and over and over and over again. And if you haven't done that in a while, I'm believing God by today, it will happen tonight. Amen. It says this in Acts 2, 17, and it shall come to pass that in the last days that God says that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Young men will see visions and, and your old men shall dream dreams. The reason why you want to preach or talk about Jesus or prophesy or tell of his goodness is not your flesh. It's the spirit of God inside of you that wants to talk about him. It's the spirit that's on you that nudges you to talk about Jesus. Galatians 5.16 tells us to walk in the spirit. Then you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. The reason why you didn't do what you wanted to do is because the Holy Spirit resides in you. And the power of God said, there's an option. You don't have to do what you know you shouldn't do. Don't, don't you thank God for that? I, I thank God for that. I'll use myself as an example. I'm really trying to watch what I eat. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get it together. But, you know, me, my own personal struggle, if I'm upset, angry, worried, or happy, I'd like to eat. Praise the Lord. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> 
I, I thought it was, it, it really, it, it doesn't matter. But anyways, I'm driving home. I had to go to Tucson to um, watch, uh, take care of my son. He was sick in Tucson, and it, they went to some fake doctor. I took him to the real doctor. Praise the Lord. You know, mama sometimes has to get involved. And I drove down there. I stayed the night, got him all better, was driving back home. And, and this demonic Krispy Kreme is on the way. Now, mind you, it's, it's like Casa Grande area. I'm by myself. Pastor's in a meeting. I have no witnesses. None. And I thought, you know what? I've had a rough week. Oh, wait, it's my birthday week. I deserve a dozen. I mean, one. And I drove around the parking lot, <laughs> but I didn't stop. I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I know that's not what I'm doing. That's not good for me. You might not think that's a big deal, but that's the Holy Spirit inside of you saying, no, don't do that. Eat your orange, Kelly. Amen. So we have supernatural power. Women, we have power. Women, we have power. We have power. And I want to point out those power points to you right now. The supernatural power of the tongue. Okay? That's number one. Supernatural power of the tongue. Tell your neighbor it matters what you say. Proverbs 18 and 21 says, death and life is in the power of the tongue. And those who love it eat its fruit. We, we never go into that part. But what the scripture is saying is that death and life are in the power of the tongue. What it's saying is we, women of God, can literally speak life and death in situations. We have the power. Why do we have the power? Well, because we speak 13,000 more words a day more than man. Do you know we speak 20,000 words come out of our mouth in a day? What are we talking about? I don't know, but, but the, the, this is my thing. God gifted us with the ability to talk. We want to communicate. We want to tell stories. We don't want to know what happened. Have you ever asked your husband when he gets off the phone call, what happened? Oh, they're good. It was a 20-minute conversation. What did they say? And what are they doing? And then what did you say? And then what happened? Oh, well, how did they feel? Where well, are they going to go? Well, did they like it? Do you think they'll come back? Well, did you, are they going to come back? Are we going to have dinner? Well, what are we going to? That's what I want to know. Not we're good. We talk. The reason why we talk so much, we love communication. God gave us the gift. He gave us the gift. Everybody in here, we love to talk. And I believe that it's a spiritual gift that God gave us because he knew, Mama, that we were going to speak some stuff into life and we were going to speak some stuff to death. Amen. We have the ability to speak life and death over things physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Proverbs 18.20 says this. It says, a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. You know, you, you can satisfy your soul by what you say. Things are going to work out. It's going to get better. It th it's going to improve. It won't always be this way. Do, do you wonder why you're the one in the home that's always saying, it's going to get better. It's okay. We're not going to give up. We're going to stand and fight. You are literally satisfying your soul with words, and you'll satisfy. And guess what? When you speak life to it, it begins to grow. Also, you can speak death to things, too. When things aren't right, things aren't going, you know, and I'm going to get into discernment in a minute. But when things aren't going right, you can speak death to that. In the name of Jesus, death to sickness, right? Death to poverty. You can speak those things. Proverbs 12, 14 says, a man will be satisfied with the good fruit of his mouth. Matthew 12 and 34 says this, from out of the abundance of the heart, the man speaks. Women, our heart, we can know where we are and our emotions. We can know where we are and our feelings if we listen to what we say. Whatever is in your heart will come out in your mouth. 
a lot of times you'll say stuff, I didn't mean it. Well, no, you had been thinking about it because words just don't manifest, right? You know, come on, you've been holding on to that one for a long time. And right at that one moment, you had the chance, you let it go, all right? No condemnation, it's okay, but listen, what's in your heart, you speak it. Have you ever tried to minister to somebody and give them hope and faith, and they're just negative, it'll never work out, it won't get any better, I don't know. I I've talked to people after service, I'll come up to them, hug them, how are you doing? Not good. Wait, we just got out of service, 30 seconds ago. You heard the word, how can you look at me and say, not good? Everything is great in the name of Jesus. Everything is wonderful in Jesus' name. But if your heart didn't receive the word, you're going to look at me and say, not good. Don't do that anymore. I'm just giving you a story. Don't come to me and say it's not good when pastor just got off the stage. Things are fabulous. At least get to the parking lot. Dang. So supernatural power of the tongue. You know you can speak life, you can speak life, you can speak life. When Pastor and I were having our situations, our tough marriage, I, I, I don't know where I got this from. Well, the Holy Spirit, praise the Lord. Holy Spirit told me to do this. Whenever time Pastor told me he hated me, I said, I love you. Every time he said, I don't want to be with you, I love you. Every time he said, I wish I never married you, I would say, you're going to, you love being married to me. I said it every single time. And it got to a place where it didn't even hurt my feelings or bother me because I knew I was on spiritual assignment. Every time you said a negative, I'd cancel out with the positive. Again, this isn't a new age thing. This is the power of the Holy Ghost, us speaking life and death into things. He would say, I hate marrying you. I'd say, I love being married to you. I would tell him, you're going to love me one day. You're going to love me one day. You're going to love me one day. Man, I can't get that man away from me. He wears me out. Hey, now. <laughs> I was going to say something, but Holy Spirit said no. All right. So, supernatural power of the tongue. If you're going through something right now and your kids act you crazy, you are a child of God. You are called of God. You are born of God. You are going to serve God all the days of your life. Speak life. Speak life. Speak life. And get your crazy friends out my house. Speak death to Johnny and death to Tommy. Not physical, but spiritual. Praise the Lord. Get him out of here. Tell your neighbor, power of the tongue, superpower. Another supernatural power women have is the power of intuition. That's what the world calls it, intuition. The church people call it discernment. Can I get a hallelujah? Anytime you have a moment where you don't feel right, something's just not right. You just don't, you meet somebody if something ain't right. Come on. Not that you're super spooky or you're superstitious or you're out, you know, you're not trying to be the Holy Ghost police and arresting all the demons. You know, but you just don't feel right in your spirit. Come on. You just, something, something, it's like a negative vibe, if you will. Something just isn't right with them. It's just kind of not, I'm just not, it's, I'm just not settled in my spirit about you. Do you know the Holy Spirit gives us that supernatural power? And do you know that women are great at that? We can see something and know from afar off, she ain't right. And the man will be like, oh, she's nice. Nah. Keep that one away. I just don't think it's somewhere. It's that inner voice or this Holy Spirit that speaks to us, right? That inner voice, that gut feeling, something in your gut. My kids would ask me all the time, Mom, can I go out when they used to, when I, when I had authority, praise the Lord. And they would say, Mom, can I go out? And I'd say, let me pray about it. And they would come back, Mom, can I go out? I don't feel right in my spirit. Well, what do you think? I don't know. What could happen? Not sure. Don't feel right in my spirit. 
Can I go? I don't feel right. Go out. Dad, can I go out? What your mama say? I don't feel right in my spirit. Nope, can't go. I don't feel right in my spirit. And then, and then they'd come back and say, Mom, last night you should let me out. Go out because nothing even happened. I said, because you weren't there for the enemy to get you. Don't feel right in my spirit. It's the instinct. It's that instinct that God gives us, an inclination toward a certain behavior, a hunch, a sensation. It's kind of quick. It's not something that you think about. It's just kind of really quick. It's discernment, the ability to think of things biblically in every area of your life. That's what it is in the Holy Spirit. It is, you're, you're looking at things from a biblical point of view. Is this person a person of God? Is this person speaking truth? Is this person to be a blessing or is this person to be a curse? Is this going to be a good thing for me, or is this going to be a bad thing for me? Should, should I go here, or should I not go there? Should I go ahead and hang out with my friends from a long time ago? Or is that voice saying, don't go over there, don't go there? you got to listen to the voice that is giving you discernment or intuition when you just don't feel right about something. Come on. Proverbs 31 and 27 says this, and here's why the women are so good at this. Proverbs 31 27 says, she watches over the ways of her household. Book of Proverbs. Do you know women of God, that's what we do? We are to watch over the ways of our household. That's why we as women will know what Johnny's doing, what Samantha did, and what Allison's thinking about doing. And your husband will come home and have not a clue of what's going on in the house. But we know what's going on because you know why? We, we snoop in your rooms, we read your notes, we look under the covers, we look under the sheets, we look at the pockets. Come on. We're watching the ways of the house. We eavesdrop. We listen. We're watching the ways of the house. What's going on in the house? I'll come home sometimes and I won't feel right in my home and I'll say, who was in my house? Or how about this? It smells different. Oh, my kids will tell you, I'm one about the smells. Who's in my... Who was in my house today? It smells funny in here. It smells like a nasty spirit. Watches over the ways of the household. Listen, and it does not eat the bread of idleness, meaning that we're not inactive, women of God. You're not inactive. When you have a hunch that something's not right, you don't sit on that and let that go away. When, someone's, when, when, when that hunch says, go upstairs and check the bedroom, I hope you don't just keep on watching TV. I hope you get up and go see, because the Holy Spirit's always, that's a superpower. It, it, it's a superpower that God gives us. You have to know what's going on. Listen, um, Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our, weak, our, in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession with for us groaning which cannot be uttered. This is called speaking in tongues. How many of you guys are filled with the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues? Okay, good. That's, a good. that's a good amount of people. If you don't speak in tongues, no worries. It's not a heaven or hell issue. But it is a gift that God gives us. It's a, it's a powerful way to pray when you don't know how to pray to speak in the heavenly language. Because we don't know how to pray. And we pray wrong a lot of the times because we're praying out of our own experience and how we're feeling. And sometimes we miss, okay? But when you pray in the Holy Spirit, he helps us in our weaknesses and then we pray correctly. John 16 and 13 says this, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. The spirit of truth is another name for the Holy Spirit. Have you ever been in prayer and God either shows you or tells you something and it comes to pass a week later? This isn't any witchcraft. This isn't any, you know, hocus pocus. This is the Holy Spirit giving you warning, showing you things to come. That is a superpower. Do not be afraid to warn, woman of God. 
When the Holy Spirit is giving you a hunch and you have this nudge to say something, maybe to a loved one or to your husband, don't be afraid to warn. Don't be afraid to stand up and say, you know what? I'm not feeling good about that move right now. I'm not feeling right in my spirit. Tell them, I don't feel right in my spirit. What does that mean? I don't know, but I don't feel right in my spirit. Amen. It's not being fearful. It's walking in discernment. It's using your intuition. Amen. Next one, the, the supernatural power of inherited faith. The supernatural power of inherited faith. Woman of God, do you know that you can pass your faith on to your child? And you can pass your faith on to someone that you love that's connected to your family? Or a neighbor. We, we have the ability to inherit sin, inherited faith. 2 Timothy 1, 1 and 3 says this. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did. As without ceasing, I remember in my prayers in the night, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. Then it says, they're filled with joy. Why? When I call to the remembrance of the genuine faith that is in you, talking to Timothy, that first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. I love that. A lot of times the Bible gives women a bad rap. You know, I was looking up scriptures about women, and the first 20 were like, be silent, don't preach, cover your head when you pray. I'm like, oh my gosh, next. <laughs> it says here that Timothy, who was a great prophet of God, got the faith from grandma and mama. I'm going to say it again, got the faith from grandma and mama. Come on, somebody, give yourself a hand praise. He, he got that faith from the grandma and the mama. It was a general blessing that was passed on as your spiritual, your spiritual character can be transmitted from a parent to a child. How does that happen? Because you're speaking to them about Jesus Christ. You're talking to them about the things of God. You're not ashamed to talk about how good God is. You're not ashamed to talk about the things God did to help you and got you out of situations. You literally live a life of testimony to your children. You tell them God's a good God. God can do it. God fixed it. I remember when God did this and God did that. That should always be in your conversation talking to your children. Jesus should always be present in the conversation. Deuteronomy 30 and 19 says this. It says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants shall live. The reason why you should want to serve God and love Jesus is so you and your descendants will live. You and your descendants will live. The blessing of the Lord produces good things, success in every area in your life. Not just for you, but for those who are watching you. Sometimes you got to be strong in the power of God because your kids are watching you. Because you've been talking all this good stuff about Jesus and you hit a bump in the road, you need to look over at those babies and say, you know what, for their sake, I'm going to keep on praising God, I'm going to keep on going to church, I'm going to keep on reading my Bible, I'm going to keep on believing that God's going to do what he said he was going to do in my life. Psalm 78 and 4 says this, it says, we will not hide them from their children. We will not hide them from their children. Talking about the word of God. Says this, telling to the generation to one to come praise the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. Saying that we're not going to hide the word of God. We're not going to hide the law from our children. We're going to talk to them about the Ten Commandments. I hope when they're little, right? And we're going to continue to remind them about the goodness of God. Psalm 115 and 14 says, one of my favorite scriptures, may the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May the Lord give each and every one of you increase more and more, not just you, but your children, and your children's children, and your children's children, in the name of Jesus. This is a generational blessing. 
not a generational curse, amen? We spend a lot of time talking on the curses. I understand that, yes, the iniquities of your forefathers will visit you. What that means is what you did, that demon's going to visit your kid. Amen. Praise the Lord, all right? That's why you shouldn't be shocked when they mess up and they fall and they make a mistake. It's just them doing what you did. But we can rebuke it in Jesus' name and say, I don't want you to have to endure that hardness. I don't want you to have to go through that same thing. I went through it for you already. And it was no fun, and it almost killed me. Come on. So that's what we do. That's what we do. The supernatural power of our hands. Look at your hands. Proverbs 14 and 1. The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pulls it down. We have power to build, and we have power to tear down with our hands. Our hands. Build. Woman of God. Build means to establish, to strengthen, to put together your house, your family, and everything in it. Building. Building is good to God. Building, build, build, listen, building a resume is good. Building a career is good. But building your house is the most beneficial thing you can do as a woman of God. Okay, I, I know that's kind of, you know, taboo. And in, we're, we're living in this weird era politically. And it's women and all, praise the Lord. Listen, no, go back to old school. Take care of your house. Take care of your house. The most honorable thing you can do is take care of your home. We don't build it with bricks, we don't build it with stucco, but we build it with love and peace and joy. You don't have to have a lot of money to have joy. You can't buy peace in your house. You can be broke and have the love of God oozing from that project. Can I get an amen? You create an atmosphere in that house, and the atmosphere that you create literally becomes a sanctuary for your family. Do you ever wonder, woman of God, why when you're upset, the okay, maybe it's me, when you're upset back in the day, upset, the first thing you want to do when you're mad is you don't want to cook, you don't want to clean, you're not washing nan clothes. Come on, somebody. You don't tell anybody this, but in your mind, they're starving today. Why do you think that is? Because God gave us to build a house. And when we're angry, Satan says, oh, don't do that. So we back off and we just let all hell break loose. Come on, somebody. We do. We do. Guess, guess what? We're tearing it down with our hands. We're tearing it down with our hands. Listen, I used to tear things up with my hands. I used to break things with my hands. Yes, innocent me. I used to cut up pictures with my hands. Then I'd put them back together with my hands. I would hit walls with my hands. I would hit pastor with my hands. Yep. Unfortunately, he hit back. A long time ago. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's why he went to jail. Anyway. I, used, I called 911 with my hands. Christ, I realized that my hands were created for praising and for worship and for prayer and for healing. That, that's what these hands were for, for prayer, for worship, for praise, and for healing. Woman, we keep the temperature in our house. You know, listen, when my kids were little, I never told them that their daddy didn't come home for the weekend. I always told them he was at work. Why? I was building my house. I was building my house. They didn't need to be worried where he was like I was. Praise the Lord, somebody. You got to be wise. Again, Holy Spirit leading me to do that. I, I, it wasn't lying. I was protecting. Amen.
okay? Early healing stages in, in our marriage. I remember a very specific event. I was in the kitchen. I was cooking. Listen, it was a beautiful Saturday, people of God. Pastor was living for God. I was living for God. The kids were outside playing. The, the, the house smelled like pine salt and a little hint of bleach. And I was making something good in the kitchen. You know, isn't that, the, isn't that the greatest when everything's clean on Saturday and there's some gospel music playing and you're making just some spaghetti or something and it's just glorious. And I was there cooking and the Holy Spirit says, go give your husband some water. And of course I told the Holy Spirit because, you know, I talk back to him sometimes. I said, he didn't ask for water, right? Holy Spirit again, go get him some water. So I'm like, all right, so I go get a nice glass, ice, water in it. I walk out to him. He was actually studying at the dining room table. He was studying. I, I don't know why he was studying because he wasn't pre Well, he just loved the word, so he's studying. And uh, I gave him the water. And he said, baby, thank you. I was just thinking how thirsty I was. And what I remember about that more than anything is watching my hand give him the water. The Lord was saying, this is how you build your house. That's how you build your house with your hands. That's how you build. But a foolish woman can tear him down, amen? And we can do a good job, can't we? Let's just not do that anymore. Oh, my last point. How many married are in here? How many are having a hard time with their husband? No, <laughs> dang. She's like, Psh. Huh? No dishes are clean. Amen. One woman of God, we just speak you healed right now. You'll go home and clean a dish. Praise the Lord. <laughs> now, but see, now you know why spiritually you don't want to do it. Because that's a power. Don't give the enemy your power, okay? The supernatural power of our conduct. Of our conduct. The supernatural power of our conduct. The, super, the supernatural power of our conduct or how we behave, ladies, okay? 1 Peter 3, 1 and 2 says this, Wives, likewise be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives, when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Man, I used to hate this scripture. Wives, be submissive to your own husbands. Why do I have to be submissive? He's a jerk. I'm not going to submit to him. He's never here. I don't know where he is. And he won't even let me check his pager. Remember pagers? Pagers are with little things that were put and it would beep. And when it beeped, you would look and there's a phone number. And then you'd go call it on a phone that was attached to a wall. Submit to me was the S word. I used to think to myself, only dogs submit. And I'm not a dog. Amen? I don't want to submit. I'm not going to submit. I'm not going to submit. But the word of God says, wives, be submissive to your husbands. You're not submitting to the bad things they're doing. You're not submitting to their bad attitude. You're not submitting to them treating you poorly. You're submitting to the fact that they are your husband. That's it. You're submitting to the fact that you walk down that aisle, you bought that dress, you invited all your friends that you don't even talk to, and you said, I do. <laughs> Be submissive to your husband. And here's the great part, people of God, that even 
if some do not obey the word. This scripture is not for the unsaved. This scripture is for those guys that come to church on Sunday and act crazy Monday through Saturday. It says if they do not obey the word, the word that they already have in their heart, you without a word win them by how you act. Supernatural power. You can win your husband by how you act. What does that mean? Stop acting crazy. Stop getting mad at what you already know he's going to do. Man, that, that was revelation one day. Praying to God, Holy Spirit, the Lord showed me, if you know he's going to go the whole, if you, if you know he's going to go out on Friday, why fight Friday? Every Friday he's going out. He's going to go out. You know what I did? After I listened to the Holy Spirit, I started helping him get ready. I'd pick out his clothes. I'd run his bath water. I'd iron it for him. I've told the story. While I ironed it, I'm saying, Holy Spirit, as I'm getting out these wrinkles, get these wrinkles out of his life in Jesus' name. Father, touch him, Lord God. Remind him it's hot in hell, Jesus. Come on. I started helping him get ready. Guess what? Then there's no fight. There's no argue. Hey, have a good time. See you tomorrow. This, I'm so serious. Because I was trying to win somebody to Jesus. It wasn't about how I was feeling. It wasn't about what I wanted anymore. It was about me saying, okay, I love Jesus. I know he used to love Jesus. How can we get him back to make sure that he's in love with Jesus again? So Holy Spirit would say, treat him with kindness, treat him with love, submit to him without a word. Don't say anything. Just be nice, be sweet. Please do not think that I was having good times doing this. I would go in my room and scream in a pillow and call him every kind of word I could think of and then come out. Would you want something to eat? He's your husband. Love him. Love him, love him, love him. Love him anyway. So here I did this for a long time and for a long time, for a long time, three years. Every time we tell a story, it sounds like it was two weeks. No, three years. Three years of, let me help you get ready, go out. Oh, don't worry about, just come. I, this, is, this is so sad. I told Pastor Steele, honey, can you just come home by five in the morning before the kids get up? And he would get home at 4.59 a.m. <laughs> Not that I was okay with that. But I was trying to win. I was trying to win by my conduct. I didn't freak out. I didn't hide his keys anymore. I stopped hopping on the hood of the car. I stopped that. I, the knives were put away. Praise the Lord. Behavior, behavior. Do you know pastor told me one day, because God finally got our marriage healed up and, and, and pastor in front of, oh, like probably 40 people at a praise and worship uh, practice, um, the Lord told him to wash my feet in front of these people. The most humiliating thing, I, I didn't want him to do it. I was humiliated because I love him so much, he doesn't need to do that. It's very uncomfortable when someone's washing your feet. First of all, your feet don't always smell the greatest. And then they're dirty. There's lint in your toe. Come on. You got that weird string by your toenail. It's just a lot going on. And he's, he's, he's washing my feet. Beautiful, beautiful thing, washing my feet. But, but that didn't happen until one day he told me, Kelly, you know why I went to church? Because you changed. Not because I love you. Not because I'm a low-down, dirty dog. 
Not because I treat you horribly and I'm a womanizer and I'm a weed head and I'm just, you know, he always worked, praise the Lord. He was an employed jerk. It's not because I love you. It's because you changed. And I found out that if Jesus could change you, then maybe he could change me. Amen. So submit to your husband. Yield to the husband the fact that he's yours. You have his last name. You wear the ring. Amen. And if you're not wearing it, put it back on. Praise the Lord. And it says when they observe or watch your chaste behavior. You know what chaste means? It means restrained behavior. Restrained. You want to say it, but you don't. You want to do it, but you don't. You want to, but you don't. Restrained. And they're one. They're one. They're one. Supernatural power. Why does God say the woman is the one that wins by conduct? Why can't the men win us with their conduct? Right? Cannot wait to ask God these questions in heaven. Because he gave us the power. He gave us the power. He gave us the power. So for those unmarried, take, that are not married, take notes because amen. Here's my point of me teaching tonight. You are powerful for a reason. Woman of God, God has given you the ability to stand, to stand strong, to stand firm, to pray, to believe, to walk by faith, to have discernment, to know what's going on in your home. That's why we're multitaskers. God knew we'd have to do everything. That's why scientists say we have the ability. We are superior multitasking because God gave us the ability to multitask in the spirit. I can pray for my house, for my husband, for a family member, for sickness, for a friend, and for a neighbor, and for my president, praise Jesus, all in the same time, and still wash dishes, cook dinner, get ready, and go to work. Like it's nothing, because it's the supernatural power that God gave us. Stop complaining about all you have to do. Stop complaining. Proverbs 31, read her life. She does a whole bunch of stuff. My God, she sews for goodness sake. Come on, somebody, who does that anymore? My mom. I had a hole in my pants and she sewed it. Thank you, mommy. I don't know how to do that. But you do. You're powerful. You can conquer anything. You have the supernatural power to reign. Everybody stand up. Supernatural power to reign. You have the supernatural power to reign, meaning nothing has dominion over you. Nothing's going to hold you back. Nothing's going to keep you from moving forward in Jesus' name. I was driving here to work, uh, to, to church, to, to preach to you all, and I thought about to myself.